Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel is now partnering with the Mazadcast, offering you the best Mizzou gear on the market. All you have to do is enter the... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Promo code Mizzou, and you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. So do it now. Home Field Apparel, the best stuff you can get. Well, hey, Colin. Hello. So supposedly we're going to have football again this week. Knock on wood, I guess. That's what I hear. Kentucky instead of Florida. We were supposed to be playing the Florida Gators this weekend. They switched it all around because Dan Mullen infected everyone with COVID. And now we're playing the Wildcats. Yep. yep. Dan Mullen is everything that's wrong with our pandemic response. And uh, now we're playing Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little switcheroo. We're used to it. But uh, it's weird because we're coming off <laughs> uh, the big win against LSU. You know, it's a little uh, stale now that's two sure. weeks old. They're coming off a huge win against Tennessee. I don't think they've beaten Tennessee uh, since the 1740s. Kentucky's resurgent. Everybody's been telling us, telling us, telling us, telling us. And uh, they don't even need to be resurgent to beat us, Brendan. They've beat us five years in a row already. Yeah, that's right. We have a secret weapon, though. It's called not having Barry Odom as our coach. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the, 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 in all honesty, though, we shouldn't have lost uh, the last one. But Barry Odom is a terrible, 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 terrible coach. He sure is. Don't tell that to Arkansas fans, though. They're starting to build a statue for him out down there. Well, and I'm not saying he's not a. Uh, fine defensive coordinator as our defensive coordinator back in the Gary Pinkle days he did a fine job but as a head coach he is a miserable failure <laughs> he has been yeah Drinkowitz gave us reason to hope against LSU we knocked off a he team he gave us reason to believe again he did but the question we have and I guess Kentucky game will answer is was that a flash in the pan is LSU so bad that they're going to lose out this year or do we have a chance against Kentucky we're five and a half point dogs right now Kentucky didn't look great against Ole Miss and they didn't look great against Auburn but they sure looked good against Tennessee and they did a lot better against them than we did well I will say uh, the one thing that does slightly concern me is it was pretty obvious in the LSU game that we threw everything at them lots of motion uh, lots of uh, sort of creative play calling. All that stuff's on tape now. And so Kentucky's had a good long time to sort of watch the Drinkowitz offense, you know, the linebackers, and, and everybody's going to have seen the motion. Do you know what I mean? Everything that we did against LSU is on tape. 
And uh, they've also seen the defense, which, you know, the defense was very aggressive, lots of blitzing, lots of stunts, uh, saw a lot of stunts on the on the defensive line. But Kentucky's will have seen all that, you know, so they're going to be able to prepare for it in a way that LSU probably couldn't. Yeah, the thing that I wonder about is with this Kentucky team who is based on having a strong defense and particularly a strong secondary is we have switched our offense now under Basilak and this LSU win uh, to a vertical offense, you know, and, and Sean Robinson was more of the Kelly Bryant style running quarterback, you know, the double threat, triple threat quarterback. I feel like their defense is set up to knock down a, you know, they've got a good secondary. They can protect against the deep threats. You know, it's, are we going up against their strength? You know, that's my concern. Well, I don't know that, Brendan. I mean, I, I think the one nice thing about Mizzou's offense is it, it has some versatility. I mean, if Drinkowitz decides that this, he doesn't want to, you know, attack their secondary as aggressively as he did at LSU's, you know, we have Larry Roundtree, who is, barring injury, going to be one of the leading rushers in Mizzou history, maybe number two on the list. And we've got Tyler Beatty, who is a very talented running back. So if, and the, and the offensive line, especially in run, played really well against LSU. So there's reason for me to believe that if Drinkwitz thinks dr- running is the way to beat this team, that Mizzou's offense is capable of doing it. What about on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, Kentucky hasn't been a throwing threat in a while, but they've been effective despite just being a kind of a one-dimensional team. You know, they just run, 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 and run. And our effective defense last, I guess, two weeks ago against LSU was to attack the quarterback. I don't know how that works against a run-first team. You know, they can do a lot of run blitzing. Um, you know, having good linebackers like Nick Bolton is nice. But, I mean, what I've heard about Kentucky, and it's just what I've heard because I haven't watched a bunch of Kentucky footballs, they've got a really big, athletic, good offensive line. So they are just utilizing what they know they've got. And what they've got is an offensive line that can control the line of scrimmage. And I know that I don't have a ton of confidence in our uh, defensive linemen. That's what worries me about Kentucky as much as anything is uh, when uh, Tennessee beat us, they controlled the line of scrimmage. I don't know if we had five tackles total in the game for our defensive line. And that is my concern. If, if Kentucky's offensive line is truly that dominant, what happens to our defensive line? Is it another day where Nick Bolton has 17 tackles and the safeties are just absolutely worn out from fucking tackling all day because the defensive line doesn't lay a glove on anybody? That is my biggest concern. I don't worry as much about the offense as I do that defensive line against a good offensive line. You know, one thing I think that gives us a little bit or gives me a little bit of hope is I look at what Kentucky just did against Tennessee and that's a, that's a big win for them. We've beaten Tennessee more often than we've lost to them, you know, but Kentucky, yeah. that's not the case. They've spent decades losing to Tennessee and it's a historic win to beat the volunteers. They play Georgia next week after us. We have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Drinkowitz has zero expectation. It's a trap. Exactly. But I I mean, I don't know. You know, it's, you only know that after it's over with, but I mean, I can see them overlooking Mizzou. Big win. We had an unexpected bye week. So we're rested on top of being on a high from LSU. They're coming off a big win with a big time opponent on the other side of us. It would be easy to overlook us. Well, we'll talk to Aaron Gershon from seaofblue.com. He's also with the Big Blue Insider. He covers Kentucky Wildcats football. And, of course, we've got our old friend, Colonel Sanders. He's joining us once again. He's joined us every year when we play Kentucky. Of course, he's going to talk about his beloved Wildcats. Huge Wildcats fan is the Colonel. Wonderful. Are you optimistic, Colin? Like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you feel like you're going to come out with a win on Saturday or... 
Oh, I mean, it's hard not to be optimistic after that performance in LSU, but but boy, LSU, I just worry that they're really bad. Maybe <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, if, if we hadn't had played so poorly against Tennessee, and now watch Kentucky beat Tennessee, you know, it just all it just I wouldn't bet this game. I'll just put it that way. No, I wouldn't want to touch it either. I mean, five and a half honestly sounds like a pretty good number to me, but I don't know. I just need we need a bigger sample size for Connor Basilac, yeah. you know what I mean? In company. Yeah, because, agreed. I mean, he looks great, but LSU looks terrible. And, yeah. But, you know, like if, if we are recording a show Saturday night, Brennan, and we won a, the football game, I will not be surprised. I, if I, we're I, recording a football game on Friday or Saturday night and we've lost the game, I will not be surprised. If, and I just yeah. don't know. Well, we're facing a fucking five-game losing streak against Kentucky, and that that needs to end. And frankly, if Drinkwitz can make that happen, I'm going to be a huge Drinkwitz fan because, goddamn, if there's one thing that's hard to forgive Barry Odom for, it's losing every single game he ever played against Kentucky. Yeah. In retrospect, I don't like Barry Odom at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, why don't we get to Aaron Gershon from com and hear some actual smart thoughts on football, and then we'll decide whether we uh, change our mind. Fair enough. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lined up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Jet is way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazad Cat. Joining the program now from seaofblue.com, as well as the Big Blue Insider, Aaron Gershon is joining us to talk about the matchup that uh, it got pushed ahead a week, Mizzou versus Kentucky. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. I appreciate you having me. It's good to be back on with you all. It's an interesting year, obviously, for everyone, but uh, Missouri is coming off an unexpected bye week, and then before that, an unexpected big win against LSU. And, of course, Kentucky is coming off of its big win against Tennessee last weekend. How is everybody feeling there in Big Blue Nation after knocking them off? 
I mean, yeah, that was monumental for this program. I mean, it's been that it was a 36 year losing streak in Knoxville. Uh, Kentucky's obviously only beaten the Vols twice in the last 33 years. So, you know, the Big Blue Nation was absolutely sick of it. I mean, it's it's simple as that. It was the once it was kind of the one monkey that Mark Stoops has yet to get off his back. Right? He's done so much since he's gotten here in 2012. He came here. They had a 10 or 12 year losing streak to South Carolina and did that. Ended the Florida streak a couple of years ago. Um, they've really just taken so much, so many steps forward. I mean, to put it in perspective, Stoops comes in here uh, kind of without his own roster. They're two and ten his first year. Then they improve every year or stay the same. And now he's up to five hundred as a coach here, despite all, everything he inherited his first couple of years. Sorry about that uh, in the background there, but um, so it, it's just been incredible to watch and. The, after the way this season started, there was definitely a lot of concern because, I mean, a lot of people, including myself on the beat, just expected this year with the depth that this team has, even with Lynn Bowden uh, no longer here, that the depth was just as good as any Kentucky team's ever had. You obviously start the year at Auburn. That's a tough draw. But then the Ole Miss game was just really a stunner here. No one expected uh, them to lose that game, let alone give up 42, even with uh, Lane Kiffin's offense. But the last two weeks were more like we've expected, especially uh, the Tennessee effort was everything and more that you could ask for. So definitely the, the Big Blue Nation's feeling really good. They're not quite on to basketball yet anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny when you mention that because I go to seaofblue.com and I say, think this is you know some of the glory years for Kentucky. I mean, it's some of the best football they've produced and obviously they've got a lot of momentum after a big win. And it's still, I'd say, 70-30 basketball content. I would say so. I think I think so. It's just, you know, you think Kentucky, you think basketball, of course, but football is, it's really growing. It's a brand that's coming alive here. I mean, just, you can see the difference in the crowds, their home crowds last year. Obviously, this year's a take this year out of the equation for anybody. But last year, when they played Florida, that place was rocking. It was insane. The year before that, uh, the 10 win season, the, the atmospheres for the Mississippi State game, the South Carolina game were sellouts. The Georgia game was a sellout. So they're really, even last year in the rain with, with Missouri, there was a really good crowd for the weather that it was. And I believe the Arkansas game where they honored Jared Lorenz was near a sellout. So there's definitely a lot more energy around this program, maybe than ever before. Well, that's the unique challenge that Kentucky has and that Mark Stoops took on, which was to take a team that is known as a basketball school around the league and has had success there. And that's a very difficult challenge. There's other schools that kind of have that moniker of basketball school, and they haven't been able to get around that hump. What is it that Mark Stoops has been able to do that so many coaches have not been able to? That's a great question. I think it's got to start with recruiting. I mean, they're, this team, my co-host on Big Blue Insider, Dick Gabriel, has been covering UK football since 1977, always said during the really bad years in the 90s and the two, uh, early 2000s, and of course, uh, the Joker Phillips here in 11, uh, it didn't even look like an SEC team. They just didn't have the bodies that compared to the Floridas, the Tennessees, even South Carolina and Georgia. So uh, now you look up and down their roster, and these guys, their offensive line is one of the best in the country. Their defensive line is stout, and they're, they just look like an SEC roster. So I think it starts with recruiting those SEC bodies. I think it's also – you know, getting the right coaching staff in there, what I think has been huge for Kentucky. And we just saw Tennessee fire a defensive ta uh, defensive line coach mid-game last week is the continuity on the staff. I mean, you've had Eddie Grant here as the offense coordinator since 2016. Uh, Brad White, uh, was promoted to defensive coordinator after Matt House left. He's been here quite a bit. Darren Hinshaw has been the quarterback coach for a while. And 
They lock up Vince Marrow, who's been here with Stoops week uh, since day one as the recruiting coordinator. Uh, they give him over a million to keep him here. That's how highly they think of him. So I think it's the continuity on the coaching staff. I think it's recruiting. And I think it's just, you know, also a discipline thing, too. I mean, you watched the 2013 Kentucky team with Stoops that was 2-10, and 10, and they won. They couldn't stop anyone, but they're getting penalized for stupid penalties. They have a lot of kids who talk a lot that they shouldn't, and Stoops has kind of made sure to get the right type of kids in here with the right mindset and, of course, the SEC bodies that – they need to compete in the best conference of college football. I think Mizzou fans are kind of interested in Kentucky because we came into this league not knowing if we could compete, you know, uh, feeling confident, having come off some very successful years in the Big 12, and then having some immediate success and having, in fact, winning records against programs um, historically against like Tennessee and even like now LSU. We have a history, you know, <laughs> tie with LSU. But Kentucky, we've lost, was it five, six straight years right. in a row? And and I think a lot of Mizzou fans chalk that up to uh, Barry Odom being a disaster for us. But also, you can't deny that Kentucky has risen to another level in these last few years. And I, I mean, Missouri fans just, you know, there's a lot of games that they wish they could have back, obviously. But uh, we don't, I mean, I'll take you through our season since it's abbreviated. Since game one, what we felt was like a respectable performance against Alabama. Two, Tennessee, which brought us all to the point where we're like, okay, we need to reevaluate here. We do. We, this is a start over, you know. And then, of course, when we played LSU, we beat LSU, and now we're like, oh, maybe we're better than we think. But that doesn't tell us anything about what we're going to face with Kentucky because your season has looked like everybody else's. Like you mentioned, the loss against Auburn, the loss against Ole Miss, which was, oh my God, it had to be excruciating because you just shot yourself in the foot <laughs> with a missed PAT. And then, like you said, have come around to what. Kentucky was capable of these last two games. And so, I mean, I don't know which Kentucky to be expecting. Do you? No. (laughs) I do expect the defense to be what it's been the last two games, though. I think that you look at the defense week one, uh, the Auburn game, they weren't as – the problem was they weren't getting turnovers against Auburn, but, you know, Kentucky's offense shot themselves in the foot. They turned it over twice and gave Auburn short fields. So two of the touchdowns Auburn scored in that game were on, I think they were less than 30-yard drives. So you take those two scores off the board, it's a two-point game. You lose by two, 15-13. Uh, the Ole Miss game was just terrible, but from the defensive standpoint, the offense obviously showed up that game. Uh but like you said, you have A.J. Rose, the running back, throwing a peace sign at the three-yard line, gets taken down. He ends up fumbling a few plays later and then a missed PAT. So you just kind of kill yourselves. But this defense, it's not you're not going to get six picks every game. I mean, they have the six-pick game at Mississippi State. That was incredible. But last week, I mean, that was the type of defense we're expecting. You know, you get a couple turnovers. I mean, two pick sixes, no, you're not going to get that every game. But they get the two pick sixes. They force a fumble. I think they had three or four sacks. That's the strength of this team is the defense because you have a secondary that finished second in the nation in pass defense a year ago despite being really young. So you get those guys experienced. And then you bring in Kelvin Joseph, the LSU transfer, who was straight up terrible the first two games. Had uh, You got to – Think about it a little bit. He just hadn't played any football, uh, having to sit out last year after the transfer. But now, you know, he's come alive with two picks in the last two games. And he also had a big uh, pass deflection last week outside of the pick. So they're really coming together there. And then the worry with this defense was the inside linebacking group because uh, you lose Cash Daniel, the senior from last year. And, of course, uh, if you guys have been following with Chris Oates, the poor kid has a very serious medical condition. I don't know if he'll ever play the game of football again, and that's kind of been this team's rallying cry doing it for number 22 this year. But Jamin Davis has stepped up. 
I, I think he's had 25 tackles combined the last two weeks, picks in both games. So this defense really come together. So I expect to see the defense uh, to play like they have uh, the last two weeks. The offense, on the other hand, uh, it's going to be a wild card. Yes, the offensive line is tremendous. They can run the ball as well as anyone in the conference, but the receivers is a big is the biggest problem of this Kentucky team right now, I think, on both sides of the ball. Yet last year was obviously the Lynn Bowden show. These receivers were basically just blocking. They had no real experience. And the one guy that has done well is Josh Ellie. I think he ranks 15th or 13th in the conference in receiving, something like that. But outside of that, I don't think Kentucky has a receiver that has 100 yards yet. They've had a lot of drops. You look at Terry Wilson's numbers, and they're skewed by the drops. Uh, two games in a row now, he's thrown perfect balls into the end zone that have been dropped in the end zone. So for Missouri, you're going to want to make Kentucky throw offensively. If you make them throw, they're going to struggle to put up points. But I think you're going to see a really stingy UK defense. They will have Quinton Bohanna up front, who's been tremendous for them. He's out for a little bit with an injury. But I still think Kentucky's defense is going to hold their own. The offense, if they have to throw the ball a lot on Saturday, they'll be there's going to be some trouble for them because they really struggle making plays on the making plays uh, catching the ball. So Missouri started the season with Sean Robinson, more of a running type quarterback. Didn't have a lot of success early. Obviously, they were up, going up against Alabama and Tennessee, but switched to Connor Bazelak and obviously had a lot of success with him. But he is a more traditional drop back vertical passer type of quarterback. Sounds like it maybe plays more into Kentucky's defensive uh, strength than than the Robinson approach. Yeah, and Blazelock's actually got Kentucky really wanted, so they're very familiar with him. Mark Stoops was asked about him on Monday. Uh, they're really familiar with him. They know him really well because he's really complimentary of him. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that the dual threat quarterbacks, I mean, Matt Corral was able to do a little bit of both. Bo Nix killed Kentucky with his legs week one, uh, but then they played KJ, KJ Costello, who obviously threw all over LSU. Uh, but it, the dude had to get banked. He threw four picks. I mean, and then Jared Garantano, who had killed Kentucky the first three times uh, that they had played him last year, another pocket passer, he throws two picks. He's on the bench. So I do think uh, having just a pocket passer and a guy who's less mobile does help Kentucky from a defensive standpoint, but they also have to deal with the fact that they can't look ahead. I mean, they have Georgia next week. That's the one team that Mark Stoops in the East has not been able to take down yet. Uh, they obviously are coming off the high of that Tennessee win, which was just historic for this program. So they, if I think the secondary just needs to not get ahead of themselves. They can't be thinking about next week. They can't be thinking about what they were able to do the last couple of weeks. But I do think that style of play and the fact that this coaching staff in Kentucky is a little bit familiar with uh, Blaze, uh, with Connor will help uh, UK definitely compared to a mobile quarterback. What are expectations for the season? I mean, I guess expectations are tampered for everyone given what's going on. But I mean, we hear a lot of the SEC media that has bought into Kentucky and obviously they're starting to show it this season like they have in the last couple of years. I mean, what do you think is a realistic outcome for this year for the Wildcats? Yeah, well, going into the year, I, I had them at either six and four, seven and three. I really did. I, I think from top to bottom with the depth on this team, there's so much experience, too. Um, a lot of seniors on defense. The offensive line is four guys who are going to be drafted um, next year and then one who will come back. So I really have, I, I think I put seven and three, I was probably realistically thinking six and four. And then after the first two weeks, it was kind of a big, okay, well, you have Mississippi State who creamed LSU. You have Tennessee who can't, Kentucky can't beat. 
Um, then, you know, people are like, okay, Missouri's probably the game you get your first win. Oh, wait, all right, Missouri just kicked LSU's butt. So where is that first win coming? But the last two weeks have really kind of brought back the high expectations for Kentucky. And I think that the schedule is definitely tough. You, I mean, this Missouri game is, I think everyone's drawing it up. No one's saying it's an automatic win. Everyone's calling it a trap because, like you mentioned, Missouri has had their troubles against Kentucky, but now it's a new coach and Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, Missouri has a week off. To, uh, they're well-rested. They're obviously coming off a huge win over LSU. And really, for I, I would think for Missouri this year, it's you're playing with house money, right? It's the first year of a coaching era. You guys are just trying to rebuild from that Barry Odom era. It's a pretty young team, especially a quarterback like you mentioned. So this is a very dangerous matchup for Kentucky, especially with Georgia next week. <laughs> and then after that, you know, you'll play Vanderbilt after the bye. That's, you know, it's Vanderbilt. But um, after that, they go to Alabama, Florida, back-to-back. So the schedule is brutal. But I still think that from a roster standpoint, talent standpoint, I mean, this team definitely has the talent to be a 6-4 and four team uh, in a 10-game SEC season. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It does look like a classic setup for a trap game, obviously coming off a historic team win. And then, like you said, Georgia coming up after that. Um, Missouri showing signs of life, but we honestly don't know whether to trust it or not because of look look what Mississippi did to LSU. And, you know, and look at the success Mississippi hasn't had since then. So, I don't know. It is. It does set up nicely for Mizzou. I will say that. And, but that being said, we're an awfully flawed team. So well, I don't know. What would you put this game at if you had to pick it? I think uh, last I saw Kentucky was a five and a half point favorite. Yeah. And I think that's pretty fair. I, I, I have been picking Kentucky to win this game this week. And I think, I think what's good for Kentucky is the experience they have. I think that with so many seniors, like I mentioned, they have eight captains. They couldn't pick uh, guys because they have so many leaders on this team that they just gave eight captains. Uh, so I think that with that leadership and, you know, Stoops, even after the Tennessee game was, you know, he was obviously excited. He talked about drinking bourbon in the bus ride back, but he said uh, jokingly before we even the tape started rolling on zoom on Saturday that, uh, it would be nice if we could just, you know, put our feet up after this, but we got another game to prepare for in the SEC on the road next week. So uh, I think they're, I think they're laser focused on this one and I don't think they'll let up, but I definitely, I don't think you're going to see the 34 seven score. I don't think you're going to see the 24 two score um, that we saw the last couple of weeks. I do think this game will be within a possession or two, but uh, I just think, I think if Kentucky was a younger, this was a younger UK team, uh, this would be the trap game. I'd pick them to lose, but I, I think they, the experience they have will keep them focused enough to get it done. All right. Aaron Gershon from seaofblue.com. Tell us about this Kentucky Wildcat team that is, I don't know if I can say resurgent. Surgent. Is that what it, I mean, have you ever, is this the best period in the Wildcats history or is there a time that I'm unaware of? Um, so it would be, you have the two times this compares to would be this, uh, well, three, I guess it would be the Bear Bryant era in the early 50s. Right. They were uh, national champions. Then they won the Peach Bowl. I think they won it. They lost uh, two games combined between 76 and 77. So, and then early, late 2000s, they weren't like this where they were winning 10 games, but they were, I think they had three straight eight and five seasons. The year, obviously, they beat number one LSU, but this is as good as Kentucky football has ever been. Um, and I keep telling people to appreciate this year's team. I think Mark Stoops, as, as long as he stays, they're going to stay consistently good. But next year is going to be a lot younger of a team. So this is a Kentucky team. They feel desperate to you know win seven games, really prove themselves, and put themselves in another big bowl game uh, come, Mar- uh, come January. 
I know this is a long way off and it's probably something you all don't ever want to talk about, but Mark Stoops gets talked about constantly as candidates for uh, jobs at to more nationally known programs, you know, and, and one of these days he's probably going to go, don't you think? Or is he happy in Lexington? Yeah, it's really, I, I thought, you know, when Florida state opened up that it, it what this was finally going to be the time he moves, just given the fact that you did win 10 games, you came back and won eight games with a receiver at quarterback. Did he feel like there was more to accomplish Florida state obviously had history with as their defensive coordinator. Uh, so, but it's really tough because this, you know, every time that one of these jobs comes open, Kentucky's throwing a bundle of money at him. They're serious about keeping this football program going. And you know what, the way UK is kind of on the rise, I don't know if he'll want to leave that, but I, I do think inevitably that they will come, that he gets that big time job. I'm even been keeping my eye out on Texas because I don't think Tom Herman's got much time there left. I think Stoops might be a really, really smart hire down there, given his connection with his brother at Oklahoma. So the Big 12 roots are deep. Um, so that's something we'll watch. I definitely think Brad White, the defensive coordinator who spent uh, time with the Indianapolis Colts, he's one of the big best football minds you'll see. He's responsible for He's really responsible for what Josh Allen became, which was the best defensive player in the country. He, I, If he doesn't get a head coaching job after this year, I, I'd be stunned. So I definitely think they'll have their work cut out for him, keeping all these guys. And Vince Merrow, obviously, they gave him that. I mentioned earlier, they gave him that contract because, one, Youngstown State wanted to hire, them as his, hire him as their head coach. Then two months later, uh, Mel Tucker wanted to bring him in to Michigan State as offense coordinator and recruiting coordinator. So uh, they'll have their work cut out for them keeping the staff. But you're right. The, Mark Stoops is everything to this program right now. He's he's built it from the ground up. All right. Aaron Gershon from SeaOfBlue.com and Big Blue Insider. Thank you for joining us. Kentucky comes to Columbia to play at 3 p.m. Central Time this Saturday. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Sneaking out of my house. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I was just 16 Met you in the dark down by the creek We mess around until we got cold feet Summers in Kentucky, they were hard to beat 25 years later, our lives have changed Girls on the road who are half my age Sometimes I link them out the creek when I'm on stage Summers in Kentucky, man, I miss that place Used to press your pussy up against my mouth Now you've had a couple kids and it's all stretched out Starting to think we can figure it out Summers in Kentucky wanna be black night
on the line with us now. We uh, sort of have a little tradition now. It's been a few years, but we have a special guest, a Kentucky resident, one of Kentucky Wildcats' biggest fans, Colonel Harlan Sanders is on the line. Colonel, thanks for joining us. Well, well hello, boys. I say, I'll say it's been a long time. It has been. I mean, you've cooked a lot of chicken and watched a lot of football since we last spoke, and uh, your Wildcats are doing pretty good. Oh, howdy, boys. I'll tell you what them Wildcats is playing fine football right now. As fine as my delicious chicken. We know you like the chicken. Famous for it. Absolutely, my 11 herbs and spices, but fellas, don't ask me about what's in it, because it's a top secret, yeah. much like my membership in Jeffrey Epstein's Precious Clubs. <laughs> well, I don't know. Coach, we called to talk about football, and I don't know anything about that, and I know that it is a top trade secret, one of the most famous ones, your 11 herbs and spices. Absolutely. The only thing that's more secret than my 11 herbs and spices is the location of Jeffrey Epstein's Pedophile Island. Oh, good Lord. Which I have been to many times. Now, Colonel. What's that? I don't want to ask. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You meet lots of good people there, like former and current presidents. (laughs) All right. That's enough of that. The Wildcats just coming off one of their historic wins against number, I think, 17 Tennessee last weekend. Big times in uh, Lexington. Mark Stoops, a big hero. Are you excited for this? I'll tell you what, boys. I'll tell you what. I was excited. I was saying, oh, boy. What a win. It, it certainly cemented him on the uh, Mount Rushmore of great men in my mind, uh, squarely next to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, good Lord. He's he's passed on. Let's oh, not talk boy. about that, Colonel. Oh, boy. He's getting a bad rap. He's getting a bad rap. Nobody you'd rather party with. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's just a shame we had to have him murdered. I mean, killed himself. <laughs> okay. Colonel. You're a, you're a fine chef, a fried chicken. You're a big Kentucky Wildcats Wait, football fan. That's don't what forget we, the biscuits. <laughs> sure. Okay, great biscuits. We all know that. But that's why we wanted to talk about football and maybe a little chicken. Well, that's what we're talking about, football, right? Yeah, that's I was hoping to. Well, I'll tell you what, boys, that offensive line looks terrific, and so does the defense. Y- yeah, they're uh, they're scaring us Mizzou fans. I mean, they do look pretty tough. Boys, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll say, I'll say if, I was a, if I was a Mizzou Tiger, I'd be as scared as a guard outside Jeffrey Epstein's prison cell. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a... I would be as frightened as a senator or public figure on a list of people that were invited to this sex island of Jeffrey Epstein, which may or may not exist. <laughs> we'll never know because Jeffrey was tragically murdered. I mean, committed suicide. That's true. It did happen. So anyway, you know, with these COVID restrictions, you can't really see your team as much as you oh. might like, but... For a guy like me, I get into all the football games. Oh, boys, I'm pretty good in getting into places where I'm not supposed to be. You could ask my good friend Jeffrey Epstein if he was still with us. God bless, <laughs> okay, good. God bless him. Rest his soul. Rest in power, Jeffrey. No, I got to say, Colonel, he's a bad man, and it's good that he's dead. Oh, heck, you didn't know, and you guys give Hugh, Hugh Freeze a bunch of garbage. And he's a good man as you ever go meet. Yeah, everybody likes Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Should I ask you, who is an example of someone who likes you? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, before he passed away, God rest his soul, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, somehow I kind of figured that. All right, Colonel, I think we've gotten enough out of you. Are you? Uh, do you have a pick for this Saturday's game, Mizzou versus Kentucky? Well, I've got a pick, Kentucky. You know that I do, boys, but I, I'll tell you what, I hope at some point you all get down here to watch a Kentucky football game with me. Yeah. I have a good time. I know the best part is if you like piles of cocaine and good-looking women of indeterminate age, then I've got a place to come. All right? We don't like that. We don't like that. Let it be known on the record. All right, Colonel Sanders, one of Kentucky Wildcats' biggest fans, as well as one of their most famous sons. So uh, thanks for joining us again, Colonel. 
Oh, absolutely, boys. I look forward to it all year long. All right. We start with good, fresh chicken, like we know we should. Eleven herbs and spices make it finger-licking good. We use fresh chicken, not frozen. It's the Colonel's secret recipe that makes it taste so good. Not chopped or rolled or frozen. It's chicken, nothing more. For Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's so nice, nice to feel. So good about a meal. So good about Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's so nice, nice to feel. So good about a meal. So good about Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's nice to feel so good about a meal. Well, there you have it, Colin. Another opponent interview, another selection against Mizzou. They always pick against us. (laughs) Most of the time, they're right the last few years. Well, you know, I know they love their secondary, and I know they love their defense, but I do have some optimism that Coach Drink knows how to scheme up an offense. I mean, I think we've seen that in 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 a very small sample size, but we've seen that he is going to, he's going to do some things that are going to give your defense some trouble. He's going to use some misdirection and and some tendencies and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get Connor Bazelak some open throws. If we can get the running backs going, I mean, there's a, there's a good chance we can win this football game, but we have to limit the turnovers. We cannot, we cannot expect to turn over the ball the way we did against LSU and win anywhere else again this season. No, like that doesn't happen. So protect (laughs) the football, and just keep going after him. I, one thing I like about Drinkowitz, both on offense and defense, he's an aggressive, he's an aggressive play crawler. He runs in an aggressive, uh, pressure defense. I mean, I, I like going after people's nuts and that seems to be Drinkowitz's MO. I'll tell you what I've liked so far, Colin, and we've only got three game sample size to work with is that unlike Barry Odom or really Gary Pinkle, we've seen three games and he has been changing things up depending on what's working and what's not working. We've completely changed our offense around completely from Sean Robinson's run based offense to the Connor Bays like deep threat. And defensively, we started attacking the quarterback against LSU and saw success with that. And that's a completely different approach than we had against Alabama and Tennessee. So the fact that he's willing to make modifications in season is really um, exciting for me. Well, just, you know, read and react. I mean, that's, it seems so simple. And I know we've talked about it lots of times, but it seems so simple that like the coach would just identify what's happening and change and adapt as a result of that information. But so many coaches, in my opinion, the vast majority of coaches don't do it. You know, they, they have their game plan it is locked in and that's all they're going to do. doesn't matter how badly it's going. You know, they're just going to keep going after it. And uh, at least at this point, Drink seems like a guy who's going to say, you know what, that's not working. Let's try this. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that is owed to the fact that I think we get fooled a little bit by the fact that these guys are at the top of what their profession. You know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of football coaches out there in the United States. And these guys who coach D1 you know, power five programs that are at the top of the mountain as far as their profession is concerned. They make millions of dollars. We get bamboozled into thinking that they're not complete fucking idiots, but most football coaches are really, really stupid human beings. They really know how to coach football. But yeah. They're not smart people. No, and I think we forget that. And so the fact that Drinkowitz is showing a little creativity, a little curiosity, a little intelligence puts him maybe ahead of the pack. Yeah. I think Drinkowitz, despite looking uh, like a bit of a nerd, he has a, he comes off as a very confident, self-assured person. He you know, does, yeah. He he seems intelligent. He he knows what he's doing. He's not 
and that confidence is contagious. The coach believes in himself and believes in what he's telling them. And the kids can wreck. Kids can feel that. You know what I mean? They know it's not fake. You know, this guy has some confidence and it's, and the, as a result, the kids have confidence. Well, I'm hoping the confidence carries through on Saturday, three o'clock. They're playing at Faro Field. I'm excited. I'm getting all chubbed up thinking about it. I am too, especially after having to deal with a, uh, a week off. And it really was, I mean, it's good and bad, honestly. I don't know how you feel about it, Colin. I mean, I'm glad that we got a little rest before a big game. But at the same time, we had a ton of momentum after the LSU game. And I kind of just wanted to ram my head through a brick wall going up against Vandy. And we didn't get that chance. Yeah, it would have been nice to run right into Vanderbilt and run through them like a buzzsaw. Be, have two wins in a row and then sort of have to deal with the Floridas and the Kentuckys of the world. But, you know. It is COVID season 2020, and uh, they're not going to go fucking about Alabama schedule. Somebody's schedule is going to have to get fucked with, Brendan. And guess whose schedule it's going to be? Uh, Missouri's. You're right. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. 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 Nobody uh, cried too many tears over Missouri getting screwed around a second time. You know what I mean? No. Did not hear a lot of uh, people on the caller line on the Fine Bomb show talking about <laughs> what a what a raw deal Missouri was getting. Yeah. Speaking of the call- topic. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the caller line, Ed, the voicemails were fire last week, so I, uh, I'm hoping for a win, if for no other reason, get more of that. I don't know. You can get fire voicemails either way, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like fire voicemails for wins. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the ones where people are kind of down by the first quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, they're losing their minds and talking about whiskey mm-hmm. dicks. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we wrap it up? We'll talk to you again on Saturday after Mizzou uh, clobbers Kentucky, hopefully. All right. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. The only thing that's more secret than my 11 herbs and spices is the location of Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island. Oh, good Lord. Which I have been to many times. Now, Colonel. 